Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 10th of September, 2022. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. And this is episode number 198. Well, lots of stuff happening. I'm telling you what. You know, you, you, you stop a Space Gab podcast for a uh, previous week, and then you go, well, I wonder what's going to be going on for the next week. And, man, did it go on. I'll start out with, um, I guess, GPS interference. They're afraid of something. Let's see. It says, Legato's wireless network will interfere with Iridium and some GPS services. I guess Congress, it says here in this uh, Space News article, Congress ordered the study, a study, after Legato Networks in 2020 was authorized by the Federal Communications Commission to develop a 5G cellular service by repurposing a portion of L-band radio spectrum adjacent to that used by GPS and Iridium. The FCC's order led to a major dust-up as the Department of Defense, uh, Iridium, and several industry uh, groups pushed to overturn the regulatory approval, arguing that Legato's network will disrupt services that support national security, civil aviation, and other sectors. So this is a biggie. If you'd like to read that article, everything I'm going to be talking about today and in previous podcasts and in future podcasts, you can find the entire article on my Twitter feed, and that's at twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. So what's probably going to be coming out of this report uh, is going to be another investigation, and uh, as it kind of hints in the article, and Legato's uh, you know, authorization may be pulled, I'm guessing. If it's going to be you know, interference for national security, there's no way they're going to let that happen for national security. And I've got something else to talk to you about national security here. And this story, I wasn't going to get to it until later, but I might as well since I mentioned national security. This is, has to do with UFO Twitter once again. And I've, you know, I've been talking a lot about UFOs. and Normally I don't do that uh, because, I, as I've told you in the past, um, my, my time with UFOs and UAPs and the whole bit, uh, it's kind of you know down the road. It's in the past. But still a lot of it's happening. I mean, they're stirring it up again. And, and this time, I'll tell you what, when I saw this, I, I saw this article uh, that came out from uh, John Greenwald Jr. from the Black Vault. And it's at BlackVault.com uh, on Twitter. He did a breaking uh, right at the beginning. And I, I was like, uh, I don't know, just a few minutes prior to I, I threw it out there too. And I said, Navy sends a strong message to UFO, UAP, UFO Twitter enthusiasts. Because they can and will and did. You don't need to know. That's what I uh, my headline was. But Greenwald's uh, article says, um, after two and a half years and numerous FOIA, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, that means, cases filed, the U.S. Navy just denied the release of every video they hold designated unidentified aerial phenomena or UAP or hashtag UFO. 
citing harm to national security if released. So he throws it out there, and you know UFO Twitter. Whoa! What? <laughs> it went crazy. Crazy, I'm telling you. Um, and so did a lot of other people. And this story, because he does file, as I've talked about in the past, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of FOIA uh, requests, you know, for release of, release of information. And the Navy said, uh-uh, you don't need to know. National security. So this has been uh, covered by quite a few organizations now, and it's growing. I, I, some big organizations, some big media outlets and uh, newspaper outlets, and uh, he just he's populating um, his web uh, or his Twitter feed with those articles and thanking the people for covering it. So uh, th- you know this is one of those things where what you can't hide stuff from me. I'm blackvault.com and he does he gives a lot of information he's he stirs it up more I think more than anybody on the UFO Twitter which is okay I mean these people look up to this guy and he's very thorough I'll tell you that for number one I'll tell he is thorough so um yeah you can go read it if you like uh, and and click on the many links that he's got now I only have the link to that article that he put when he first broke the story and then I sent it out right after that and uh, it's getting a lot of attention so uh, a lot of people still into the UFO stuff um, a lot of people you know I I don't know I I was um, one of the pre- people that has a podcast uh, down the rabbit hole I think it's called and I talked about her before anyway she um, she's gonna be talking in some kind of a conference and I, I went to look at the conference uh, of the people, the, you know, the experiencers and this and that, all the people involved in that kind of stuff. I didn't recognize anybody. These are no, all new people. And I wrote them, I go, I'm sorry, I'm old. I started my investigations and in- inquisitions and, you know, in, you know, interest back in the 90s, the early 90s. And uh, I knew the people back then, but I don't know any of the people now. I don't know any. I didn't recognize anybody who's going to be on their conference. And I mentioned that too. So, um, you know, I never got a reply. It's okay, though, because I didn't put it out there for figuring I would get a reply. But like I said, it there's a lot of turnover in uh, this this field, a lot of turnover. And a lot of the people, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of actual people that I knew and met at different conferences and, and Roswell, you know, th- when they had their different, uh, their 60th anniversary and a couple of few other times I went out there. People that I met, they're, they're gone. They're deceased. They're, they're no longer. People I talked to, people I bought their books, they're no longer. Um, so yeah, I'm old. <laughs> so and so they've got a whole new bunch of people that are into this kind of stuff. And I haven't been following it really. Just when I see something on the UFO Twitter that's kind of interesting, you know, I really don't uh, dabble into this stuff anymore. But hey, if you'd like to, you can go check it out, and uh, the link is on my Twitter feed, or just go to the Black Vault's Twitter feed. It's the uh, at sign at blackvault.com. And you can read all his stuff because there's a lot of stuff. Well, CNSA Watcher has tweeted out today. And this one got kind of controversial after the tweet. It says, Russia chose to display flags of countries in Eastern Economic Forum at ISS Space Station recently. A Chinese flag was included while this showcase was not largely covered by China's official or social media. And I'm telling you... um, 
let's see. Uh, first one I saw that was, you know, had some controversy. It says, uh, this is the uh, Space Shuttle Almanac on Twitter. It has quite a few followers. It says, doing this in the American segment is disgusting. So I wrote, I go, hmm. I replied back to uh, that person and the other people that were on that tweet. It says, interesting, the different takes on this. China's government space program is much more robust than NASA right now. SLS is a must-succeed. And I, all I was saying with that is they are. I mean, I've been talking about it the last, you know, many podcasts uh, in the past about China's space program. And we're just, you know, NASA, not counting SpaceX, um, is, uh, you know, n- not up to par right now with what China's doing. And you can tell that it's evident by all the launches they've been doing and, and the the amount of uh, information that they share that we're seeing more more and more now because, like I said last week, they're touting it. China is allowing these different organizations uh, to tweet, and they're, they're saying, hey, look what we can do. So, you know, Russia puts a Chinese flag up there, and um, people in the U.S. get offended, but, you know, China is not part of the ISS group. You know, no, they can't go up there. Although they did invite others to uh, come to their space station in the future. Now, I, I'm not real clear if the U.S. was invited. I think it was open to it, but I'm not sure. I didn't really investigate it well enough to see one way or the other. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people. I'm looking at this, the thread here. A lot of people are uh, They're saying, hey, disconnect the American segment. Let him fly. Uh, I don't know. It's just going back and forth. You have to see it. I, and I do have a link there. But, yeah, displaying that. It's on the cupola uh, window. They're displaying the flags. And there's China's flag right there. And people were getting upset about that. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, SLS. I'll be talking about SLS here uh, in a little bit. But, yeah, so uh, just putting that flag at the ISS upset a lot of people. Hey, did you see the full moon either uh, last night or early this morning? I saw it both. I've got some nice shots I took um, over the looking the pond of the moon rise coming up in between the trees once it you know arrived a little bit higher in the horizon where I was able to see it. Nice, nice shot. And then this morning when it was even fuller, I got a few shots, some close-ups and all that and shared that. I, I think I only shared one close-up shot on um, the Twitter feed. On, uh, on my Facebook page, I actually shared a few more with the community. As I told you, talked about, I think last week or the week before, I talked about how I share a lot of space stuff with the community. And our community around here is getting more intrigued. They, they really like the space stuff. So I did share that. I shared some uh, different um, views of the over the pond and the close-up, and they liked it. I can tell if they like it because, bam, the, those little hearts and the thumbs up come in pretty quick from the people. Um, you know, and, and I, and I can tell if they're not happy with something I share by maybe only one or two, but this one, it's starting to, it started to grow right off the, off the bat. But, uh, so I got that. And I actually also got the uh, International Space Station this morning, uh, orbiting overhead. Uh, I didn't share that one. Uh, I did share it on the Twitter, on one of the Twitter feeds and, um, it was kind of cool. It was pretty, pretty bright. I guess it's, it's pretty, uh, some pretty awesome. And I'm going to talk about something else here in a little bit that was pretty awesome, pretty bright, that I got uh, pretty much, not the, for the first time, but for the first time uh, this uh, clear. Another SpaceX uh, launch today going to be happening. And um, 
more Starlinks going to be going up, and a rideshare payload for AST Space Mobile, also going to be on this launch later today, Saturday, Saturday night actually, going to be going up. And uh, so that's uh, going to be kind of interesting. And on another night shot, you'll get some pretty good shots. We'll get some nice shots there from the Kennedy Space Center. And uh, speaking of Starlinks, I actually saw the train uh, a few days ago. Wow. I'll tell you, I, I got up in the morning. And I didn't even know it was going to be coming by. And um, just checked the uh, Heavens Above app and I, I looked, I saw what, a lot of Starlinks, I, and I looked at the times between each one. I go, wow, there's like three or four satellites that are going to be passing at the same time frame, uh, and then next three or four, you know, one second later, and the next three, three or four, uh, two seconds after that, and I go, hey, that sounds like a train. Woo-hoo, Starlink train. <laughs> so guess what? It was. And, you know, I figured, I go, I, the, the magnitude wasn't, you know, the brightness wasn't going to be the greatest. I figured, I go, well, you know, maybe if I put the uh, phone uh, camera app on, you know, the night shots, it'll grab enough where I can try to manipulate the uh, photos to, to bring out, you know, pr- to brighten them up a little bit and get some good shots of the Starlinks. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at the app. I go, well, they should be right about here. Now, let me, I look up and wow i'll tell you i it was awesome i was just in awe watching this starlink train as bright it was as it was passing you know and they go pretty darn fast so i was like you know after my mouth stayed open a few seconds i went oh my gosh i gotta get some shots and i'm just i it was just i i didn't expect to be because i've looked up and i've seen a lot of things if you follow the podcast for a long time you know that I, you know, was on television for certain things, and and um, it just I, but I'm telling you, to see those Starlink satellite trains go over, all in a line like that, as bright as they were, I was awestruck. But I did, I did manage to get some nice shots, even though I had to shoot toward a streetlight, I still got some nice shots, and I do have those links of the shots on the Twitter feed, if you'd like to go check it out. I was surprised. I did not know I was going to get such good shots of those Starlink, uh, that train. But I did. And I looked around on Twitter to see, I go, hey, somebody else in Tulsa got it too. Hey, somebody over here got it. Hey, this person, not, you know, not a lot of people got it. But they did. They were sharing, so I shared mine. I shared it with them, and I shared it with our local news people. Actually, the meteorologists. There's a couple there that are, you know, always talking about space-related stuff, and so I shared it with her. Um, and then, you know, she, uh, you know, told she goes, "Yeah, somebody sent something in yesterday morning. I guess it was yesterday morning too at the time, not yesterday now, yesterday, but when I was tweeting this out. So I said, "I'll be." So it was two mornings in a row. Uh, that I tried, you know, I guess it happened. But, yeah, I I was very happy with the, the shots I got. I was even more happy just watching it in my mind's eye and <laughs> seeing it. And it just, I, I'll tell you, I did not think it would strike me like it did, but it sure did. Those SpaceX Starlink satellite trains are awesome. Well, finally, they, I know they've been following this for a while, but um, I guess on the 8th of September, uh Star, let's see, Starship uh, number 24 rumbles to life with a six-engine static fire. And so uh, 
I know, you know, many people have their little remote cameras out there and they're, they're always constantly watching it and reporting anything that's happening at Starbase there in Texas. Well, finally, the uh, Starship, Starship 24, Ship 24, as they're saying here, rumbled to life. Six-engine static fire, and it's pretty awesome looking, I'm telling you. They've got still shots, they've got video, they got all kinds of stuff. They're sharing this kind of stuff all over social media. But uh, yeah, pretty impressive watching this. Um, the uh, link I have on there actually shows one of the still shots of the... Uh, you can see the fire coming from the engines and um, the uh, smoke. And it's kind of cool because this person took a shot uh, in a pool or a pond or something. And it shows the actual rocket firing and then you see the reflection of the rocket firing and that's that's warms my heart because if you know where i live on a pond um i have a lot of shots that i take of the reflection from the water along with the actual object that's out of the water that i'm shooting so seeing this i went wow i've got to share this one this is kind of like a pond shot and it is a pond shot but it's a pond shot that i could never get here at my pond you know, they can only get it there at Starbase. But, uh, yeah, if you want to go check it out. But, yep, looks like uh, six-engine static fire. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, SLS Artemis, uh, it's one of those, as I've said before, and I'm not going to get into it too much, but, uh, you know, they and I talked about it last week, that second time, Anogo, and um, they, you know, they were talking about bringing it back from the VAB, the Vehicle Assembly Building, bringing it back to the VAB off the pad, off of the launch, launch complex. Well, I guess now, and, and you know, this this changes constantly. I You don't know because they're trying to do some repairs there at the launch pad, at the launch complex, if they can. I guess they built a enclosure uh, to protect the people from the weather, and they've got to do some things, and um, it still might have to be brought back to the pad, the, the VAB, I'm sorry. Uh, they don't know yet. But now they're saying, hey, we're going to try to launch in September if we can, if all goes well. And uh, Spaceflight Now sent something out that says, uh, in order for the Artemis 1 moon mission to launch this month, a repair to a leaky liquid hydrogen fueling line must hold tight during a tanking test next weekend. At Eastern Range, officials must extend certification of the rocket's flight safety system. Now, that's going to be a tough one. We'll see what happens. It has to do with the battery, I guess, on the uh, flight safety uh, system. And um, basically, uh, we don't know if it's going to happen. But they've got a, a lot of ifs. So it still might launch in September, or launch attempt anyway, or, or it might not launch or have a launch attempt in September. There's too many things being juggled right now, too many things up in the air. Um, to really report, so it's this stuff changes daily, sometimes. Um, but we'll wait and see. But like I said, they're going to have to be very successful with SLS launch. I'm telling you, this is a do or die thing. So you know, take their time. Like uh, the NASA administrator said, it'll launch. It'll basically launch when it's ready, is what he said. So when it's ready, and um, and you know, besides being ready, this extension with the battery on the uh, flight safety, which flight safety meaning if something happens uh, and they got to blow the rocket, they're not going to, you know, they don't want it to go into a populated area. Uh, you know, it's going to launch above the water. And, but, you know, as can happen, 
And we've seen it in, in China. They used to let their boosters fall where they may. And uh, in, 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 you know, villages that were populated sometimes. And, you know, we never heard about, you know, well, I, I've reported on it a few times and we've seen some of the photos that they've shared of their boosters, their, their you know, um, stages where they fell uh, in villages and things like that. But to here they try to avoid that. But if you've got a battery that's no good on a flight uh, safety system and they're trying to pop that puppy, um, trying to blow it, and it doesn't blow, I'll tell you what, they won't be launching again for a long time. So they want to make sure it's right. So it'll be interesting to see if this uh, certification for that flight safety system battery uh, is granted. I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm thinking maybe not. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where who, what? where's the push? I told you where the push was. Um, it's a lot of this political crap that's going on, you know, and it's just, you know, like I said before, and I'll say it again and I'll always say it. Focus on space exploration. Don't focus on this political uh, woke crap that they keep trying to push. You know, we want the first this, we want the first that, we want this. You know, ignore all this stuff. This is ridiculous. This is why our 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 nation and our space program and the whole thing, things are going on that it's just it makes no sense. I'm not going to get too much into it, but. There's no logic in a lot of this stuff that's being talked about. There's no common sense being used for a lot of the stuff that's happening uh, in our country right now. And use common sense. Use logic for the space program, at least. Please, please, please. We space enthusiasts beg you. Well, NASA selects Axiom Space to develop Artemis spacesuit. I think that I may have talked about this something earlier uh, in a previous podcast, it sounds familiar. Maybe they were considering them. Uh, I have to go back and look. There's so many space stories. But this is from, um, let's see, Space News. NASA awarded a $228.5 million task order to Axiom Space to develop a spacesuit to be used on the first Artemis landing mission, although the design of the suit remains under Wraps. NASA announced September 7th it selected Axiom to develop the moonwalking system for the Artemis 3 mission, including the design, the development, and the production of the spacesuits that astronauts will wear on NASA's first crewed landing on the moon in more than 50 years. So, Axiom Space. And uh, Axiom Space, we talked about them in the past because they're... Also, the ones that are going to be taking up a civilian crew, and they're the ones that are be, going to be putting uh, space station modules on the, uh, you know, the, the ISS. And I've talked about this in past podcasts, if you'd like to go listen. But yeah, Axiom Space. And eventually, as we said before, Axiom Space will have their own uh, space station once the ISS does, um, it's deorbited uh, when they release their their uh, modules f- as a full space station from the ISS before it deorbits, along with others that are developing space stations, civilian space stations. So, but this is another thing that Axiom Space gets to do for NASA: a spacesuit for Artemis and moonwalking system. Looks like Blue Origin um, is giving a new launch window for their um, New Shepard twenty three flight. 
It says it opens up, uh, let's see, on Monday, September 12th, uh, when they're going to possibly try to launch again. And uh, this one is, you know, not it's not a crude launch. It's um, actually got some uh, uh, payloads in it. So, um, but yes, we'll see. They've had to put it off for a few, a few times, and now they've got a new launch window, so we'll see if that happens. But uh, that's the Blue Origin NS-23 launch. Well, KMI wins three Space Force study contracts for debris cleanup technology from Space News. Uh, let's see, Cal Morris Incorporated, that's KMI, announced September 7th it received three study contracts for debris cleanup technologies under the Space Force's Orbital Prime Program. I guess the KMI is based in Michigan and uh, is a a research and development startup focused on space debris uh, remedies. Let's see, it's run by, uh, let's see, Orbital Prime is run by Space Works, W-E-R-X, and uh, they're a technology arm of the U.S. Space Force. So, um, let's see, this contract is uh, worth, it says, $750,000 in their small business technology transfer contract. Uh, So, we'll see. Yeah, we've talked about space debris removal in the past. A lot of different companies are getting into the ballgame. And, uh, you know, this one is, this KMI, it's a startup, as it says. But, uh, yeah, so um, they're putting together different concepts. So, these are all pretty, you know, new in the uh, time frame, in the uh, timeline, so you're going to see more and more. But yeah, you've got to start the contract somewhere. So they've got the the funds now; they can start it. Be kind of interesting to see who all will be, you know, um, saying, "Hey, get, we can do it this way." And another company might also, might say, well, "Hey, we can do it this way." And we'll see how many companies, just like that space station uh, proposal they put out, were three companies besides Axiom which was a fourth company that was on a different proposal. But three companies put in, um, got the contract for developing, uh, you know, how can you develop for us a commercial space station? And now they're asking these companies, how can you develop for us, you know, debris removal techniques? Because we got a lot of space junk up there. Looks like China is going to be developing some flat panel satellites. Uh, China and Asia Spaceflight tweets out, Gallic Space just concluded a new round of fundraising, and the company is now valued at, uh, see, it gives a little uh, quote of some valuation here. It also mentions in the press release, the launch of new flat panel satellites will happen early 2023. So there you go, something else that uh, China, the space program, is developing. Uh, as we talked about uh, earlier today and last week and the week before that and the week before that and the week before that. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. Also, um, same, uh, let's see, China and Asia Spaceflight tweets out, China says U.S. is militarizing space, doing harm. Uh, it's a spokesperson of China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs says in a press briefing, the updated Department of Defense space policy shows U.S. is militarizing outer space and doing harm to the peaceful utilization. And China calls for U.S. to not hinder negotiations on outer space arms control. And I do have a link to that entire article if you'd like to go see it. 
Pretty interesting article. And China performed two launches inside two hours. They performed their uh, 36th launch and their 37th launch of uh, 2022 within a couple of hours of each other. Uh, and that was uh, late last Monday that they did that. So, um, like I said, they're uh, sending them up left and right. But, uh, hey, uh, same day, uh, tweeted out that SpaceX had its 40th launch of 2022. And that was the night that they launched that uh, those Starlink satellites that I actually got to see. The train that I actually saw, they launched that last Sunday. Sunday and um, that was their 40th launch. So, uh, keeping pace. I'll tell you, but you know that's that's NASA's, uh, not NASA. Well, that's you know commercial. They're they're on a NASA um, you know launch system and and uh, at, you know launch facility, but uh, the, the SLS and Artemis is more like NASA's rocket. So uh, SpaceX is, has you know more launches than China has had so far for 2022. But um, you know we're just watching and hoping and you know really gonna <laughs> cheer and celebrate that if all goes well with uh the sls program and uh the artemis one launch that'd be awesome but uh hey that's it until next time Space Cowboy, the 